a free tote bag and I'm Audrey. Lay down, girly. I'm I'm Donovan. Okay. I'm going to go lay in the corner. (laughs) All right. If I, I'm going to be a comedy sniper this episode. If there's anything (laughs) particularly funny that comes to my mind. Yeah. You're going to hear the rasp again. (laughs) So Audrey has retreated to the comedy corner and is just sort of sitting there uh, on a nice pillow. It's really nice. And so joining today as guest co-host is me, Josh. Hey, everybody. What's up? Hey. Hey. What's wow. going on? Uh, substitute co-host. That's me. <laughs> hey, it's time to start antagonizing. Uh, we don't usually get homework. Uh, hey. Hey, actually, in class, we all just uh, we all leave. Yeah. Who, who is this? We don't this? have assigned seating. Who, who, who yeah, is this? Freaking, freaking Miss Nelson, am I right? Or who's the <laughs> other one? Viola Swamp. This is a children's literary reference. Anyone? Anyone? Josh is kind of the Viola Swamp of this episode. There we go. And joining us... Swamp of podcasting. That's right. (laughs) And joining us on this uh, swampy, swampy episode under these... uh, What's the word they used from all the pandemic emails? These unprecedented Oh, these are unprecedented times, yeah. We have Mo, bong engineer on Blue Sky, (laughs) returning from bonus to Maine. Welcome. Thank you for having me again. First time for main feed listeners. Second time for uh, Patreons. Long time bonus guest. First time main guests. Something, something <laughs> like this. Uh, we usually start out the show. We're just, we're just bantering a little bit. We're just having a little bit of chill time up here. Uh, I'm stoked. I don't have laryngitis. Uh, I am all over the goddamn place, though. I was out of town for for the holidays. We recorded a delightful bonus episode, patreon.com slash RFTB. And I am going to uh, Liam from, well, there's your problems wedding on Friday. So I'm going out of fucking town again. Hell yeah. I, uh, I have like four days at home. I am trying to treasure my time with my cat. I'm excited for that, but it's it's been so much fucking traveling this week. So I'm feeling a little bit scrambled. That puts you in the actor mindset, though, is the thing. Like when just being permanently scrambled is the way of the actor. So it's actually good for me. I, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Is... Or at least at least it's it's vital preparation for a world that you seek to inhabit. This is this is all just training. Yeah. I've got the I've got the Dragon Ball Z weights on my legs, but instead of weights, it's plane tickets and car rides with my cat being mm-hmm. in the carrier. Oh, no. That's good to know. That's a good re- it's a good reframing. How are you doing, Josh? I'm doing all right. I'm uh, <clears throat> just uh, hanging out, you know. Uh, got a pretty big weekend of my own coming up, so I'm excited about that. Going to be doing some podcasting. <laughs> You know, is, it, is the podcasting the big weekend? Uh, or are these it, separate things? It's no, it is. It was part of the big weekend. Um, it's actually not that big of a weekend. I don't know why I said that. It's I want a big to, podcast <laughs> weekend. The thing is, Donovan, that you're leading such an interesting life, and so I just want to live up to those expectations, especially being here as guest host of Radio Free Tote Bag, and I want to listen, live up to the listeners' hopes, the listeners' dreams, the listeners' fantasies. They're not used to much out of me. It's fine. <laughs> I'm not going to get used to that voice. It's so good. 
untrue. Uh, but it, luckily, we do have you know Audrey here as a producer to attempt mm. to channel some of her energy to you, uh, give you some more uh, interesting stat boosts. Uh, and by by her powers combined with yours, I, I think we'll be in good shape here. I'm excited. Yeah, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Mo, how how how's it going? Welcome to the um, show. Thank you for having me. Um, it's go it's going well. You know, um, work has been occupying a disproportionate amount of my mental bandwidth as of late because it's the end of the year and you got to get shit done before the end of the year and everyone goes away for Christmas. I'm feeling but, this too. Otherwise, um, my husband has been flying a lot, or not flying a lot. He's been away for work, but not actually getting trips, which is a great, great kind of unique situation that you only get when you're a flight attendant. Oh, uh, right. You are required to be at base, which is not in Chicago, it's in Newark, but you are not guaranteed trips, and you are not paid if you're not flying. So it's such uh, a great combination of things right before Christmas. God, um, do they do they rough. put you up in the special hotel or whatever? They do not. You essentially oh. rent a crash pad with a dozen other flight attendants, and you have bunk beds, which is okay. That really that sounds great. that actually sounds a little fun. Is it? They have their moments. Actually, um, they had a really nice friendsgiving. Um, they pick each other up from the airport. You know, there's like a little bit of a camaraderie there. Yeah. However, I don't think anyone particularly wants to be there over being home, which you know, real. It sounds yeah. a lot like being in the military. <laughs> yeah, the the barracks aspect to like sharing a room with three other guys in bunk beds is very yeah. bizarre. And wishing you were home. Oh yeah, that that part too for sure. That's and being armed to the fucking teeth. That, that too. Yes. <laughs> Just the the flight attendant. Here's your badge. Here's your gun. You know. <laughs> On a small pressurized canister. We really I like really like things. the idea of a um, flight attendant who's like, he plays by his own rules. He's a bit of a maverick <laughs> flight attendant. You're a loose cannon. It's... Yeah. Damn it, Mo. The, I... <laughs> the idea of a flight attendant who is like turning in his badge and his gun and they're like, we right. didn't give you a gun. Mm. <laughs> Where did, the... Where did That's how much of your... <laughs> your badge That's is the how little much wings. Maverick. Yeah, it's the wings. You give your wings back. <laughs> my wings and my gun. You know? <laughs> well, my, I think this. I think this. Well, fuck. First, I've, I'm messing up the order of the operations because of these unprecedented times. Mm. Uh, <laughs> do you want to? You did on the because you did on the bonus tube. Do you want to just do brief intro? You're a photographer here in Chicago. You're a you're a friend of mine. Yeah. Um. So I am a acquaintance of Donovan's and I'm now a friend through photography. Um, I shot a few portraits for him. Um, we ended up hanging out again, and then we ended up, I ended up guesting on the, uh, the Patreon episode. And other than being a photographer, I am also, uh, engineer. We'll leave the remaining aspects of that ambiguous, thus the name Bong Engineer. Um, and I am... If we're doing relationship talk, currently married and happily so. And I think what you were talking about with the flight attendant stuff segues into this because my normal first yeah. questions for guests is what's your relationship to relationships? And you talked a bit about meeting your husband uh, on the on the bonus episode, but yeah. I forgot the flight attendant aspect that you just brought up. Maybe we maybe we zero in on on dating with that. I, Absolutely. I went on a few dates with a flight attendant semi recently. 
and even just like in a in a casual sense trying to like pin this person down to like get together is like tough because i you know i don't know there's no oh we're trying to start a relationship or something but like hanging out with this person but uh the schedule constantly in flux stuff how how do you deal with that it's not good for our social life i'll say that much i would imagine like the idea that you a don't get weekends like normal nine to five jobs you don't really have a week-to-week schedule you kind of add a month-to-month schedule and even when you're traveling you're not really guaranteed any kind of like travel so you might just need to take some of your time off and fly then to get some more get some more pay yeah um completely fucks your ability to spend time with someone who is in the travel travel industry if you're dating a flight attendant or a pilot get used to like working around their schedule as opposed to working with yours i feel like the uh pop culture portrayal of flight attendants tends to be that they are very flighty uh, forgive the play hey, on words uh, yeah. i really wasn't trying to do that let's it's, go it's just true right like that that is how it is it, is it possible yeah. to find something resembling stability i mean i would imagine so given that you're married but what does that look like for you i mean for right now it's it's making the most of the time we do have together yeah. we do get to spend together sort of maximizing that however that does mean you end up like spending a lot of time together and then no time together in like alternating extremes which is an interesting like interesting pairing um if you're i i feel like i mean we got married before he started working working this job so the beginning of our relationship he was not a flight attendant he had been a flight attendant in the past but that's sort of relevant um the game was just calling him back in he couldn't help himself (laughs) unironically like genuinely that's probably how he would describe it's like that's kind of what i've always done and what i'm really good at and that's what i like doing so i mean it was something that we had always talked about and i was aware of it but if you're just starting dating a flight attendant i feel like you have to live in the same city that they're based in or spend the majority of their time in yeah because otherwise you're having a bad time dating them like yeah, in theory, they could fly out on their days off to wherever you are, but I don't know that a lot of flight attendants like doing that when they've been flying all the time. Yeah, yeah that's got to get exhausting after a while, right? <laughs> yeah, I. the idea of, yeah, I can travel for free, but like, am I going to fly out to you on my weekend, or am I going to like decompress and bed. do all the shit that I have to do that I could not do because I was at work? Yeah, like, goddamn. Uh, you have you, to be pretty compelling. Y'all started, in, I think you mentioned on the bonus, y'all started in a long distance relationship though, right? Like I, yes. I imagine that helps to some degree. Like, are you kind of used to, I don't know, like maintaining the relationship at a distance or is this totally different than that? It definitely gets you used to the concept of being at distance from someone and definitely makes the distance and like time apart more manageable like you have to be comfortable with the idea of a long distance relationship in order to date a flight attendant or pilot or someone else who travels for work yeah but that doesn't make it any easier because it just feels like it's a higher frequency of the same thing that like sucked about being long distance which is oh you're leaving now and you're gonna be gone for like 
X amount of time. Yeah. And I feel like leaving your partner over and over for extended periods of time, the actual act of like leaving is the part that sucks about it. Like being apart sucks and the yearning sucks, but like saying goodbye moment. is like the hard part to it, I, to me at least. I feel. Plus, normally in a long distance relationship, you just gotta worry about X and Y coordinates. But if it's a flight attendant, there's like a <laughs> Z element to all of this. It could be forty thousand feet away in a direction that they aren't normally. I just had to throw a little dimension joke in there. There's you know, that, some humor is... for my uh, Euclidean heads out there. Shouts! I, I love it. I love it. All I ever do is think think in three dimensions, and uh, that that really tickled me. So thank you, Donovan. I okay. appreciate the appreciation. Um, I had my finger on the rim shot button the entire time, and there was never a good opportunity for it. None of that shit was funny. Not one thing. Oh, oh I uh, was leaning in, and I was waiting my... for something to happen. <laughs> Me too. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Well, the thing that I love about this podcast is that it brings a new dimension to discussing relationships. That's so true. You see, most you relationships go. just kind of exist on the X Y plane, but we get into that Z element, and that's what we're known for. A tote bag uh, with two dimensions wouldn't work. It's the three D that makes Ooh. us the useful implement. Yeah, the gusset. It's the gusset. <laughs> it's all about the gusset. Wait, that actually does kind of work because, like, the regular one's fine. Right. All right, Mo, you've endured the first hit of our one-two punch interview combo for new guests. Keep your hands up because here comes the the cross. Here comes the right cross. Uh, hit us with an embarrassing dating or relationship story. What do you got in that department? Ooh, I've got a few of those. Um... I've had several bad relationships that, like, ended catastrophically. Oh um, yes. I mean, whom amongst us? But I think one of the worst, or, yeah, worst, most embarrassing, like, most self-effacing one that I can now laugh about um, was when I was dating this guy who lived in Chicago while I lived in, while I lived in Michigan. And so we would see each other occasionally right like i would be i would take a train out to chicago for like a long weekend or what have you or if i had some time off and we would hang out together we'd spend some time together you know we'd go out what have you we were not we were not monogamous by any stretch of the imagination it was not a very possessive relationship in that sense um but there were a lot of attributes to the way he did non-monogamy that were not great. The model was sort of a hub and spoke situation where none of the spokes were really encouraged to talk to each other in, way, in any way, shape, or form. Uh, see, I fact, was, I was, I was thinking maybe that the problem had to do with the great state of Michigan, um, which you know would 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 be <laughs> a familiar situation to me personally as somebody who grew up in that same state. As someone who also grew up in and escaped Michigan, mm, I mean, understandable. Where? What part? Um, I grew up in Lansing and then went to college in Ann Arbor. Okay. Oh, oh, a, a, col a college in Ann Arbor, you say? Which one? <laughs> there are three. I'm going to go with the, the obvious one. But like, um, this, we yeah. got two Michiganders and two Ohioans. This is this is a podcast the about harmony. Part. Yeah. So that was that was going to be my secondary joke. Would be, oh, I could see why it was a problem because he was in Ohio, and then I remember that he wasn't in Ohio. He was in <laughs> Chicago. So that joke was right out the window. 
hold that rim shot. Absolutely oh, well. not. I mean, Audrey is a rabid Ohio State football fan, and we're lucky that she's not for the cat. She <laughs> can't come after you. I can barely defend myself. That was a that was a rough game for for the Buckeyes. Yeah, yeah I, my uh, my friend was in the car with me. He was a big fucking Michigan fan on the drive back uh, from Cincy Rose after Thanksgiving, and he was freaking out. And I, a part of me was like, I should at least be like, fuck you or something. Mm. But I got, I got, as eagle-eared listeners know, I played B-side rugby for the Ohio State University. So my tie to their football and sports is is not particularly strong. Mo, I I want to, oh, sorry. I, I, go ahead, Audrey, please. I have a sound effect for my feelings about football. Mm. (laughs) Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Mo, well, I want to let you get back to your story, but I just have one question before that. Oh, yeah. if, if if you were alone in a room with Brutus Buckeye for 24 hours <laughs> and you could do anything to him, what would it be? Do I have a revolver with two bullets in it? I mean, if you want to. <laughs> I'm shooting him and then me. <laughs> Why are you going down this way? I don't know. I don't want to be stuck in the room with his corpse for 24 hours. That's worse. Brutus Buckeye murder suicide. <laughs> Name of my uh, Midwest emo album. Nice. But please continue your story. <laughs> um, yeah, after that, after that sidetrack, I don't want to talk about anything other than Brutus Buckeye murder suicide and the titles in that in that album. Um, so no, we, it was sort of it was a long distance relationship, but not like super long distance, like two hundred change miles is not that far and there's a train it's super convenient blah 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 but this was like sort of later in our relationship after i had met a couple of the other people he was in a relationship Mm. with you weren't supposed to do that mo no i wasn't and he took great pains to make sure we did not really talk damn um which is such a healthy and normal thing absolutely um but and this is where it gets it, more and more embarrassing we were sort of on the uh on the outs we were sort of working towards splitting up or making it less of a tightly entangled kind of relationship and i went over to his place while i was while i was in chicago we sort of hung out um i we took a nap together and i woke him up by sucking his dick Hell yeah. Nice. Let's Which go. Is, you know, you know, great fun thing to do for a partner. That is yeah. a classic scenario right there. Yeah. Guess what he did while I was sucking his dick? Did he pee in your mouth? <laughs> no, he was texting. That the first it's guy. worse. He was texting. At least if he was pissing uh, in my mouth, you're like, oh, okay, okay, at least you're paying attention. You're like being kinky. You're, you're engaged. Fucking. Exactly. But he's like, no, he's fucking texting. I was like, that was kind of the last the last straw i didn't say anything at the time but like everything went that though agreed audrey yeah very air horns moments that fucking do you do you know what like what he was was this like messaging another romantic person and it's that kind of weird or is he responding to like an automated message which would be the most insulting see i don't know what it was i have to assume he was texting someone else like texting another person he was (laughs) attempting to hook up with in the near future but that's like, efficiency either, it, was, it, it is 
you have to respect the hustle to a certain extent, <laughs> extent but also he's a huge dipshit. So, mm. like, I don't have to respect the hustle. Necessarily. <laughs> oh, fuck that guy. That sucks. That does suck. <laughs> fuck him. Uh, that's, a, that's a certified Chicago moment right there. Yeah, definitely. Definitely not my... Not my greatest moment in dating and one of the more embarrassing dating stories that I'm willing to. But that's not really embarrassing on your like that. That has nothing to do with you at all. Okay, well, Uh, that is embarrassing. That's embarrassing. embarrassing. (laughs) (laughs) Was this that was that like the last thing where you were like, okay, this is fucked or did you like soldier on for a while? I didn't. I didn't really soldier on. We broke up later that night over oh, okay. more okay. more petty bullshit. But like that was definitely one of the one of the pebbles that started the avalanche of like, no, you're, fuck you're, this. I'm not. You were trying to suck his dick a second time, and that was when the line was drawn. <laughs> that would have been worse. That would have been so much worse. We need so to talk. His dick, the, the next time he like picks up a phone call from his fucking bank or something. He's like, right We've been trying to email. reach you about your car's extended warranty. <laughs> exactly. I had to, I have to take this. I'm sorry. It's very <laughs> it says important. like probably spam on the phone. <laughs> it's pressing. Well, thank you for sharing. That is that is unfortunate. Yeah, it is what it is. <laughs> it makes a really good story. So like I don't feel that bad about it anymore. At least a good at least a good story out of it. But uh, I think a unanimous uh, fuck that guy. Uh, from the whole RFTB team here, can we, maybe, Audrey, can we hit? Can we hit that guy with a toilet flush? Can we get real shock jock with it. That's good. Yeah. Can can we get one more for the hated Brutus Buckeye? <laughs> the corpse disposal. Let's go. <laughs> oh no, his big nut head has been lodged in the hole. This one is out of commission. This Tell you what happens every time I, every I get a big nut going when I see his head. That's not no no. That's nothing. Get what? rid of it. <laughs> Clip that. Clip that immediately. Uh fantastic. Is, you you called me and your daughter was like, yeah, Josh, you'd be a great guest host for our show. <laughs> and I'm churning out comedy gold about busting a big nut on Brutus Buckeye. Well, I knew you had a big thing for Brutus Buckeye, and I thought, you know, that if anybody writes in with like a mascot kink or something along the right. lines. Right, yeah, 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 yeah. Our mascot's, Our mascot's furries. furries. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> Let's go! <laughs> oh my god. I I would argue that it depends on the mascot. Um, we could we could go down a list of college mascots and determine furry or not furry. I think Brutus Buckeye is a furry. I think that uh, Sparty is not a furry. Yeah, um, Sparty's a person. Yeah, Sparty's a guy. I like um, the idea that your first sona is a human, though. You just put on like yeah. I'm a different guy. <laughs> uh, I think that the Oregon duck is a furry. Absolutely. Oh yeah, for sure. I think any animal one. There are ones like the Philly fanatic or whatever that's not a furry. It is fur covered, but no. yeah, I wouldn't say so. Gritty, you see not a furry. Cat, Audrey is typing. Uh, that's that is like looks like a fur suit with that particular one. He's a he's a little bit sexy. Oh wow! Check out <laughs> check out. Hold on, I've got one. I'm gonna show you guys this here real quick. Give me one sec. I'll pull it up. This is uh, Kingston, the official mascot of the Orlando City Soccer Club. Now, Kingston's oh, a furry. On our oh, furry. my God. <laughs> that is a furry. That's a furry right there. 
Yeah, it's just top cut top. I love the top suit. comment. That's pretty awesome. It's much better than typical other mascot costumes. Was it done by someone within the fandom? <laughs> I'm gonna say yes. There has to be some crossover because, like, the first suit's really. It's in that same kind of cartoonish. It's got to be the same materials and stuff. There has to be some like industry connection between furries and Matt. Like there have to be some people who, I, you know, Ooh, I'm the, the designer same. for mascots yeah. and oh yeah, I was a furry and that's how I fell into it. We got a lot of furries in our listenership. If you know yeah. any stories like that, please tell me. That yeah. Furries me. sound off in the comments. Would you fuck Brutus Buckeye? Would you fuck Brutus Buckeye? <laughs> I kind of think like he looks like a weird guy with like a weird beard sideburn situation and some of the images of him. It's fucked up. I don't like the way he moves. That's my biggest issue with him. It's upsetting. I, uh, oh God, I don't, I can't go down. To, this is okay. This is my last thought on this and we will get to questions. Yeah, I yeah, promise yeah. listeners, but I know so many of you, you were too scared to write in, but you wondered to yourself, is it okay that I want to fuck the 1960s Brutus Buckeye? What? 1960s Brutus Buckeye. Because if you think the regular Brutus Buckeye is hot, what if he was all head nut <laughs> is the question that this costume asks. All right, let's take a look. And this one is absolutely a furry. I'm linking in the chat here. All Listener, right. So, so search we're... on your phone. <laughs> oh, my God. So what we're looking at here is just a big old nut. It's just like it's sort of like Mr. Met's head. But it's like the whole th imagine like if it was Mr. Met, but Mr. Met was just a baseball, right? It, it's like that, except it's a it's a Buckeye. And it's, it's a all... it's a large, shiny, round like <laughs> it is, the shine is is important here. It looks yeah. weirdly like hand painted, but it does mm. have big furry eyebrows. Yeah. Um, I think my last note on the whole mascot conversation is Mrs. Met is an unqualified wood any goddamn day of the week. Audrey Come over here, girl. Up. It's it's fucked up. I didn't oh, understand yeah, that running. She's absolutely bit. serving. So, <laughs> so fucking thick. <laughs> Audrey risking her health. <laughs> risking it all. <laughs> Literally risking it all for Mrs. Met. <laughs> Well, excellent. Uh, what do we say we uh, we get, get out of these mascot costumes and go answer some questions? Are you all ready? Yeah, yeah hold on. I've, I'm, I'm removing it. Okay, I'm out. Thanks. I'm, I'm taking the, the mononut costume off. We just kind of <laughs> pop up and you can shoot it like a basketball off the top of your head. That's delightful. Uh, but first, a word from our sponsors. Hey, it's me, uh, Dono Buckeye. God, I wish Brutus had like a sang or something I could do. When I'm not running around the field with the Ohio State marching band, I like to spend my downtime uh, not being murder-suicided, but listening to episodes of the Radio Free Tote Bag podcast. Oh, it's incredible. Uh, not like me, I can't really keep the headphones in for too long, but I put it on the speaker when I'm in the locker room, smacking the football lads with the towel that smacking I wear Smacking my, my nut around. <laughs> smacking my nut around, ping-ponging off the lockers. But I tell you what, it's a, it's a long day out there for a nut like me, and one episode mm. a week just isn't enough. It's like eating Buckeyes, the... 
peanut butter and chocolate delight that we love in the great state of Ohio. You can't just have one. And that's what I'm always saying. It's me, Dono Buckeye. So check this out. You can get an extra episode each week of the Radio Free Tote Bag podcast. Just nut and roll on over to <laughs> patreon.com slash RFTB. And for a mere five nut bucks a month, you get a bonus episode each week. Access to the Discord and over 150 episodes in the backlog. That's nuttastic. Patreon.com oh, I, I, that, How about this? That's nut bad. That's much oh, better. Th- thank you, Josh Buckeye. My, no, Josh, uh, Josh Wolverine. Excuse, excuse you. Thank you, Josh Buckeye. <laughs> <laughs> my cohort down here in the Ohio State fandom. I wish I could. Th- I went to fucking OSU. I wish I could remember even one other. Audrey, do you have anything? Is there like a chant or anything? Go Bucks. That's about it. That's all I fucking have. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Wait. Okay. Oh, so OHI go on over to patreon.com <laughs> slash RFTB. Like a nut, like a knocking, like a nut falling. Mm. And I'm like rolling away. Yeah. And that's it. <laughs> Banger. Flames. Asking all them questions, why you asking all them questions, making statements, assuming. Oh, wow, I got to yell for both of us. Ah, 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 ah. It's the question box. It's the segment of the show where you, the listener, can send your questions into us and we do our best to answer them. How do you do that? It's simple. Head on over to our social media at RFTB and the other stuff on Blue Sky at RFTB Pod on Instagram and Twitter, formerly known as X the Everything app, uh, or our <laughs> website, RFTB.me. You don't have to make an account. You just click on that Ask a Question button. It opens a cool text box, and you type your little heart's feelings in there, and we get the question, and we answer it. And... uh well, shit. Normally, I pass it to Audrey to read the first one. Josh, do you want to do, do you want to do the honors? What do we got? What do we got here first? Yeah, yeah. Fuck it, man. Um, let me get it back up again. No, I want to read it. I'm okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can do it. I can do it. Hell yeah. Wait, were you gonna read it? No, no you're up. Oh, I thought I, I, I thought you really did want to read the whole thing in the voice. No, are you fucking yeah. serious? No. I don't know. I just want look. I would die from that. I, all right, let's do one. All right, first one here. Uh, this is this is sort of a this is a nice one. I like this one. I thought this was kind of nice. Uh, howdy, R F T B and G. Nice. Should you get back in the dating game if you feel like you're not really 100 right with yourself? I've been putting off dating for like six years because I told myself I wasn't ready. I wanted to move, and then I wanted to lose weight, and then I wanted to get my mental health sorted out. At the same time, though, I'm not getting any younger, and I really want to be in love. Should I keep waiting until I feel like my shit's straightened out, or should I invite someone in to bless this mess? Lonesome Bill from Hogansville. Oh, I love when people sign it. Thank you, Lonesome Bill. Something we've talked about on the show before is the phrase, you got to be the one before you find the one, particularly early days of the show. 
for throwing that around a lot. And I think there's truth to that. I think it's important to like, at least have a sense of who the fuck you are and what you're looking for. And like be in a decent place, you know, like if you're in the middle of like addiction or mental health, like a really bad mental health situation, maybe not the best time to be getting out there, maybe address that first. Uh, but there is a degree to which like you could take that a little bit too far. And it kind of sounds like that's where you're at listener. You're, you know, there's always going to be shit you can improve on in your life. And if you were like, I have to absolutely figure it out before I start dating, you could potentially just like never date. That's almost unattainable to have absolutely everything figured out. Uh, I think the most important thing is just getting those essential pieces down but just to be working on shit at all and being aware of that, I, th I think you're in a good place, so especially if it's been, did you say six? Yeah, yeah six, six years. years. Yeah. That's I think that's, I think yeah. that's too much time. I think you got to get out there. And I think too, you know, th there is definitely something to be said for wanting to know where you're at and wanting to know what you want. But there are certain things that you can only find out about yourself when you are out there and, you know, exploring who you are in the context of relationships with other people. You know, I, I'd be worried, I think, if you were saying, like, I need to find the one right now. Yeah. Like, I got to find my life partner and I cannot wait another day, but I'm worried about working on myself. But it sounds to me like you've got a pretty good sense of, like, yeah, going out there and just experimenting, exploring and stuff like that, th that doesn't mean immediately tomorrow you're going to find the one trademark. Because I think that's a big you know, issue with the way that relationships often are portrayed, uh, you know, in the media and shit like that. It, it's much in the same way that it sounds like you've been really consciously taking it easy, but also really striving to work on yourself as a single person, you have the ability to do that in uh, a relationship as well, whether that's a yeah. fairly committed one or a fairly casual one. So get out there. So I think I think the important um, the important observation here is that you've been working on yourself, right? The fact that you've been working on yourself actively for a significant period of time already puts you ahead of a significant portion of the dating pool. Yeah. I'll yes. say that much. Because I have dated quite a few people who thought they had already done all the work or thought they did not need to work on themselves in any meaningful way. And that sucks shit. It's a bad relationship. It's not a good yeah. time. Um, the fact that you're aware that you have shortcomings and are working on them probably means you would be, at the very least, a decent, self-aware partner for someone. Yeah. And you know, don't let the fear of, oh, I'm not perfect right now, prevent you from finding something good that could, you know, genuinely improve your life, that could, you know, become something meaningful that has a long-term, you know, long-term potential just because you think you're not, you know, completely, absolutely, totally perfect right now. That should not be a blocker. Yeah. Don't let the fear of, or like the, the, the pursuit of perfection prevent you from finding something good, basically. A hundred percent. I also would, would say, though, too, you know, if part of the reason that you've been, you know, staying on your own for this long is that on some level, there are things that you enjoy more about being single. That's also perfectly valid. You know, yeah. um, I, I do. I do see you saying, you know, that you do want to be in love. And 
that's awesome. I, you know, <laughs> that is uh, maybe the most common feeling of anybody to have. Um, but at the same time, it, it sounds like, at least based on what I'm reading here, that you've done a lot to love yourself too. And, and that's really fucking important. Um, I like the use of the phrase, bless this mess. I think that's a really, honestly, pretty decent way to think about it, you know, that it's not perfect, but you do have the prospect of having somebody coming into your life who could bless it a little bit, or maybe multiple people. You know, yeah. different people who could bless it in different ways over a period of time. Hard to say. The only way that you can find out is by trying. Is yeah. is get out there. I think that consideration of alternate, like, you know, non-traditional relationship dynamics or also just dating casually. Like, I understand the desire to to fall in love and, you know, if that's what you're looking for, by all means. But don't put too much pressure on yourself here. Like, I've done all of the work. And now I have to find the person yeah. I spend the rest yeah, yeah, of my yeah. life with, particularly when you're getting back into dating after, you know, not doing it for six years. I mean, we get questions about this a ton of people just getting burned out because they're like, oh, on all these dates and it's not going anywhere or whatever. You know, you kind of got to be open to the and not the possibility, like the, the probability that some of these aren't going to go anywhere. But it's, it's good just to get that experience of getting out with people and chatting and getting to know somebody and talking about yourself and like, what are you into and what aren't, you know, you're not into. So don't feel like this, you know, you, you should get out there, but don't feel like this is like this huge, all right, I'm too, like, this is, it's going to be tough. Like it's, it's all of this stuff. Like, I don't know, go into it with like a little bit more low stakes mentality yeah. of you've done this work and now you're figuring, you're doing the work by dating of like figuring out this other element of yourself, which is, what am I looking for in people? Who do I get on well with? What do I like doing on dates? All that kind of stuff. Yeah, because if, if you like, sorry, go no, ahead. no, you got. It. Um, I'm gonna pick out something you said just now, Dono, which is doing the work of dating, which is that dating in and of itself is a thing you practice. Like you get better yeah. at, for lack of a better word, dating by doing it. You know. You don't figure out what you like and what you're looking for in a partner by not dating anybody and not meeting any partners. Like you're not gonna get that. You're not gonna have a better dating experience by never dating. For so sure. Practice definitely, you know, improves your likelihood of finding a good relationship that works well. Yeah, can't we can't really be doing uh, online classes practice dates yeah that's that's like trying to go to like bartender school right like that's just that's not a real thing <laughs> stand-up comedy school yeah <laughs> just get out there and you risk it and you feel the vulnerability and all of this stuff and um but again like to give you some confidence here just highlighting this the like, like most said the fact that you're you seem very self-aware you're intentionally working on a bunch of stuff seem like good people as i always say you listen to this program and so you're fucking sick so get out there yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. mini golf hey uh, ski balls yeah Pinball. carnival win a B big bowling yeah bowling big plushy bowling's a fun first date bowling's a great first date. that's our tip for you yeah. go just, bowling just don't show up with your uh roller bag with your arsenal in it you know that's yeah. that's that's the mistake if, if you have your own you bring your own shoes and your own bowling balls to the first date just that's that's gonna be you're gonna be sending a bad message 
too competitive. Uh, I was on the uh, JV bowling team in high school, and I brought my own stuff on a date. But I guess I did meet that girl <laughs> through bowling. So that, well, that's if, if you met her through bowling, that's fine because then yeah, she probably also exception. brought her own balls and shoes, right? So yeah, she probably did. I, this is a foggy time for hmm. me. Damn, I can't believe I met somebody bowling. That's pretty cool. Good job, 17-year-old Okay, Truly, though, bowling is a really good way to meet people by, like, joining a league or whatever. And people don't talk about that enough, that bowling leagues are a time-honored American tradition and uh, a really interesting way to meet a lot of people that you otherwise probably would never meet. You gotta get bowling. Go bowling, Bill. Bill. Uh, I don't know where Hogan'sville is, but I bet they have a bowling that alley. Sounds there. like a place with a bowling alley. Is it Hogan'sville? I'm assuming this is Hogan'sville, Georgia. This uh, is that, that's Hulk what I got when Hogan's I searched for compound. Hogan'sville. He so owns let's, the place. Let's see if we got a bowling alley near here. We're giving right. the address to a bowling alley. So uh, <laughs> what you gonna want to do? <laughs> oh my fucking god. <laughs> This is this is pretty far away from Hogan'sville, but what you're going to want to do is go up to Junction Lane's Family Entertainment Center. Oh, great! In uh, Noonan, Georgia, love uh, located at 141 Noonan Station Drive. Uh, from Hogan'sville, this is going to be a quick trip up the uh, up up 85. You just take I 85 right up there, and you get off at the uh, exit at White Oak. All right, Bill. <laughs> <laughs> lonesome bill more like lonesome bull it is this like episode that. is brought to you by lunkin family entertainment bowling center <laughs> or whatever it was called this is organic lunkin marketing. it had an unk in there i thought all right let's get another question going all right and the question's like rolling up the ball dispense the mm-hmm. dispenser yeah, 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 the return yeah, yeah. Thing. do you Whoa. want to read one or you want or oh i'm grabbing i'm grabbing this ball all right all right Oh, I'm grabbing this ball. I can't do that one because that would. Be, this was too. That's too fun energy going into that. Throw a throw, with, throw a strike. I want I'm you gonna, to get all ten down here. I'm gonna get a turkey. All right. <laughs> Hello, tote baggers or tea baggers for short. I Damn. can't believe no one has done that. In really, six nobody's years ever done show, that. Nobody has done wow. tea baggers. Hmm. Nice work. Don't call us that, but nice work. <laughs> you can call me love, that, but I'm a guest host, so. You can call Josh Teabagger. I would love some advice on gracefully navigating the details of breaking up with a partner you live with. What's the what's the deal with? I can't. Oh, it's the Seinfeld voice in my head. What's so the deal? A with? <laughs> who stays? Who goes? Breaking <laughs> leases to tangling finances and shared belongings. That is a terrible Seinfeld. And other stuff I'm probably not considering since I've never done this before. Love the show lots. Moi? Question mark, question mark. Moi, indeed. And then they say bye. So, Donovan, I feel like you might have some relevant experience. Whoa, that's great. What a coincidence. I had to go through this several months ago, and it's fucking awful. And I'm sorry that you are going through this, listener. Uh, What a fucking slog nightmare this shit is. Uh... It, you know, it all kind of depends on the situation. Who stays and who goes? Do you want to stay in this place? Be like, hey, I, I want to stay in this place. How do you feel about that? You got you to gotta do some negotiating. I would recommend mm-hmm. don't stay in the place that you had the relationship end in. That would fuck my mental health up and be a constant reminder. 
But who knows? Some people will do that. And you can do that if you want to. Uh, breaking leases, like... I'm thinking situations where, like the situation I was in, I, just, I needed to get the fuck out of there. I, I've had friends go through breakups and they're stuck in the same place living with the person for like months on end. I only had to do that for a little bit. And it's a fucking nightmare. Breakups suck enough as is. Having like your recharge place being somewhere you have to keep encountering the person that you're actively breaking up with, that, that fucking sucks. Or even the memories of that person if they're already moved out. Either yeah. way. Yeah. It's all, it's all just, it's, it's brutal. Uh, breaking leases obviously sucks. Uh, you know, if you can't do that for financial reasons, that's where I'm like, negotiate if one of you stays and the other one of you moves to a different place. Uh, You've got other options there too. I mean, in tr just logistically speaking, uh, you can always, you know, do try to list a, a lease takeover kind of thing. Um, oh, yeah. or somebody else moves yeah. in, just get the place cleaned out ahead of time. Um, or you can just not pay rent, um, which, you know, would I recommend that? Not necessarily. It kind of depends on your situation. Your mileage may vary. Um, in many cases, though, uh, this is not legal advice, to be clear. This is not, I am not a lawyer. This is not legal advice. But depending on the situation, uh, you might be able to just withhold rent. But, you know, hmm. I wouldn't necessarily recommend it either. I am a lawyer, and I say you're allowed. You own the apartment now, and you can. Sell it <laughs> it's your apartment you now, and you can sell it to somebody else. <laughs> no gods, no use that money, no landlord. That's right. That's right. <laughs> um, but but more more practically, yeah. Like, I think another thing that I would say is to the extent that it's possible, see if it's see if you can do this in some way that is at least a little bit mutually beneficial or mutually negotiated i guess rather than just like ghosting or whatever and yeah. being like yeah i'm out of here bye because especially if like both of your names are on the lease or something like that for one thing again from a very practical perspective that could open you up to litigation from the co-lease signer aka your former uh partner um and also it's just kind of a shitty thing to do um yeah. even if it is a situation where the relationship has gone sideways and it's not working out anymore I do believe that there is still, in most cases, an ethical duty owed to the other person to try to get out of there in as mutually beneficial of a way as possible. Yeah. 100%. Even I, though that's probably not always possible. <laughs> also true. I think um, as a rule of thumb, like you guys both said this, um, not being in the same space is usually a good idea, like finding someplace new. Don't be the person who stays in that, that apartment. Um, just for, you know, mental, mental health reasons. Uh, the idea of like physically being in the same space where your previous relationship ended in a way that maybe wasn't, wasn't ideal is not necessarily the kind of mental baggage you want to carry into your next relationship. Mm. Um, Obviously, like all the practical considerations apply of like, if you can break the lease, you know, you do that. If you can't, you know, find someone to sublet. But like the rule of thumb I found is that the less shit, the less shit physically I carry over from one relationship into the next, the better I feel and the more easily I can get over the previous one. Yeah. Obviously, on the practical side of, you know, you both have to share a space for the time being until you, you know, figure out 
um, how you're moving forward, try to treat them as, you know, good roommates. Don't, don't be a dipshit, you know, don't, don't be an asshole to the person you've spent significant time with and have built a relationship up with. Um, even though it's now over, you know, you still, you know, what do you owe to each other other than being decent people, right? You, You have to at least give them that. Try to be cool. It is, even if it sucks ass and you got bad feelings, like it, it's in everybody's interest just to be cool about the thing and try to get out of there as cleanly as possible. Yeah. Uh, and that's where, so the other stuff that finances and shared belongings, that's where it's just have a conversation about this. Ideally, that's something that you can navigate maturely. It's all right. And you can sort that stuff out. Um, if it's not like that, I'm trying to think because I the finances thing, like if you got shared bank accounts and stuff, that's on a level I have not dealt with. Luckily, that sounds like a, a, a goddamn nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I mean, you know, again, it, it hopefully you can sort it out just between each other uh, civilly. Uh, if not, the courts are available <laughs> and it's not a fun way to go. But I would recommend if it comes to that, actually doing that and, and, and doing it as some sort of a civil settlement or something, rather than having the thing of just kicking it on down the road, on down the road, on down the road. Because the other thing that I'll say is that you'll want to find closure as soon as possible. Yep. No matter what, when you are dealing with any sort of a life altering situation, to sort of keep a piece of it open, any piece even if that piece is like, who gets the fucking teddy bear? That's going to be something that stays on your mind and saps your mental and emotional energy, and you don't want that. So it might end up being that there will be a conflict, and that conflict won't resolve entirely in your favor. That is far, far better than leaving any piece of that conflict unresolved. Absolutely. And that's why you're... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, This is about to be a very stupid joke. Finish (laughs) a good thought there, Bo. If I was going to say, don't, don't let the old relationship live rent-free in your head Yeah, as you're starting a new relationship or just Big starting time. to move on from your previous one. You know? And that's why you're lucky that this episode is sponsored by LegalZoo. Use promo code <laughs> RFTB for a free orangutan lawyer <laughs> who will swing in with a cool briefcase that he holds with his feet and your ex will be so baffled they're going to yeah. give you all everything you want everything you, you want the whole brutus buckeye collection of <laughs> is, figurines is there anything donovan to the extent that you're willing to talk about it that you like really learned from your situation that you would say like definitely do this or definitely avoid this i'm glad you asked don't fall in love Josh, <laughs> don't move in with someone four months into a relationship that's my big advice okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, no, like actual answer. If you are stuck there for a long stretch of time or you have to cohabitate, like, and even just not just being surrounded by this shit that takes a mental toll on you every fucking day. And it's brutal. And it's easy to feel like that that is going to last forever. And then that can paralyze you or make it harder to like do the stuff you need to, to get out of the place. Like to be talking to friends and shit and, people in your life constantly basically like i was almost all of the time either texting or on the phone with somebody just to have somebody's somebody else's fucking voice there with you 
to remind you, like, you'll be out of this place soon. You've got other people in your life who care about you. Like, be leaning on other people going through this because uh, it's it's a really tough situation. It's really, really, really draining. It's one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. I, uh, I hated every minute of it. Um, it wasn't just, fun. <laughs> I had a bad time. Huh. Almost had to call legal zoo to have a lawyer <laughs> rhino bash through the door so I could ride away and get out of there immediately. Um, just make, make make sure you're taking care of yourself and lean on other people and just getting those reminders that it isn't going to be an eternity. And eventually you'll be out of there. And when you are out of there, you will immediately feel a yeah. huge weight lifted. There, there, there might be some pieces of the weight that you can delegate to other people and don't hesitate to do that if possible with yeah. friends, with acquaintances, with family, whatever. Talk, talk to your people. With get credentialed that, professionals. Support. Yeah. And that's why this week's episode is sponsored by... Uh, uh, better help, but it's like an animal. Better, thing. better, better hell. Better uh, hell. Better hell. Which, which I'm going to, <laughs> and you're going to, and we're all going to. It's like regular hell, but the flames are ten degrees cooler. You're gonna love it in better hell. Use promo code RFTB for a free fire blankets. When you get to the gates of uh, better hell, you're greeted by the vile Brutus Buckeye. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sweet. We don't it's like, remember me, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back and I'm all head like the 60s one. We have one uh, other question here. That's a bit of a heavier one. And we don't typically end on the more heavy ones, but this is pressing, and I am having to pump the brakes on my stupid bit a little bit. Uh, this one has a trigger warning for self-harm, um, and I, I, I think we should hit this one. I think we've all dealt with some depression stuff. Uh, let's, let's do this. Uh, hi, RFTB and guest. Hello. Uh, trigger warning for self-harm. I'd like to start by saying I have zero intentions currently of harming myself, so you do not need to worry about this. We're not in the planning or euphoria phases or anything like that. I have this weird thing where I feel somewhat better when I think about dying or having some kind of terminal illness. I'm a guy approaching 30, and I just have so little in my life going on. I can feel a metaphorical fatigue in my body, and I just don't want to do anything. I also make suicide jokes to my friends, and I don't really understand why they give me a little boost of dopamine, serotonin, etc. What's wrong with me, and how do I stop feeling like this? My therapist says it sounds like I don't need meds, but maybe I'm just really bad about talking about myself and my issues. You are depressed. Yeah. I'm just going to yeah. say that right away because I have been depressed many times, including waves that still come and go. And that's what that feels like. Yep. The, um, uh, the, the joking uh, that gives you that little hit, um, that is the, the thing about depression, the way that depression works and speaking as so there's a couple layers to this just from me here. Right. Um, so I am somebody who's dealt with depression and being depressive my whole life. Uh, it took me a while to realize what that was and identify it and name it and label it. The thing about depression and the label of depression is that it does a difficult job of communicating what the thing really is, right? 
It's yeah. not just being bummed out all the time. It's not just like, oh, I'm so sad. It's more of a shift in mentality where rather than trying to keep you alive, your brain is trying to kill you. And so what this looks like in practice is that uh, things that previously gave you joy will no longer do so. And things that will give you that little hit of like, oh, that feels like a good idea will be thoughts of ending it. Now, you mentioned... um, terminal illness. And uh, speaking as somebody who grew up with cystic fibrosis, which is a uh, congenital disease that up until fairly recently had a life expectancy uh, in the like 20s. Um, I, I, I also know what that feeling is. Uh, I know what the feeling is of having sort of the uh, weight of illness pressing down upon you. And it sounds like from the way that you phrased it, you don't currently have a terminal illness, but you, you just sort of imagine what it would be like. Um, It sounds to me like in part that is based on, you know, there's there's an element of agency there where you want you are feeling this desire to no longer have to live, but you want it to be passively taken away from you in a way that you don't have to own it, I guess. That's understandable. Um, Again, when you get into that depressed mentality, that's just the way that it often feels. Here's what I'll say. Your brain is lying to you, (laughs) and I don't really know how else to put it. And it's particularly difficult when you are down in the shit like that because of the fact that it seems like the most rational thing in the world. It seems like, well, things suck. They're just going to keep sucking. They're just going to keep getting worse. So the only way out is to end it. What I would encourage you to do, if at all possible, is to... I think, first of all, you said, you know, your therapist sounds like you don't need meds. And I would say explicitly communicate with your therapist exactly what you have communicated here. I wouldn't be surprised if you get a different answer. But beyond that, there are other things that you can do that will give you just a teeny tiny little bit of pleasure. And I know that when you're down in that hole, having the smallest thing in your life that you can do that you can look forward to a ritual, something very small. Maybe it's a fucking morning cup of coffee. I don't know. Find that one thing, that one thing as small as it is that really can keep you going and just go from there. And I promise you, I promise you, I promise you it will get better. My therapist called those I get twos. Mm. Mm. I like that. I get to dress as brute as Buckeye. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but specifically just the one with the big head. Just not the big, not just the full the costume. Put on a big yeah. nut costume, you'd be feeling great in no time. And then or, what you get to do is you get to destroy that costume. You get to bust a nut. <laughs> God damn it. What were you going to say, Mo? I think um, I think the whole the whole aspect of, you know, you feel this like appeal to these really dark thoughts out, you know, well, what if I did die? Um, and the fact that you will joke about it, but you're not actively, you're not actively planning, you're not actively suicidal, is, like, quite possibly one of the more, like, easy to overlook forms of depression. Because I think for a lot of people, if you're not, like, unable to get out of bed, and you're not actively suicidal, or actively self-harming, then, oh, well, this isn't really depression. This is just, you know, I just feel bad. I just have a bad, you know, bad brain week slash month slash year slash indefinite period of time, right? Like, no, that's that's still very textbook. Like, even though you're a functioning person and you're able to do all the tasks that, you know, 
society requires you to do on a daily basis, that doesn't mean you're still you're not still severely depressed because it's deeply clearly deeply impacting you know your cognition, the way you think about yourself, the way your self-image. And if if you're so you know, not I, I've been there and I've known many people who have been there, but you know, you you have to keep in mind that this is you're neurochemically imbalanced, you know. This is not this is not how you quote unquote normally feel. This is not your your baseline. Your baseline has shifted so far that this kind of this kind of pattern of thinking is what feels normal to you right now. And like at some point in the future, after you've after you've gotten help, after you you're in a better place, you will be able to look back at this and think, oh wow, okay, that was so far off, so far off base that okay, I, I should have known there was something wrong. But when you're in it, when you're in the shit, it's like, no, this is normal. This is like everyone's like this, right? Everyone like jokes about suicide, right? And you know, I, I will tell you now that once you're sort of starting to get through the other side of that fog wall, um, you'll you'll be able to look back and realize, oh shit, that was really bad. I don't want that again. And that can sort of be an anchoring, an anchoring thing to think about. So again, you know, yeah, even when you're in it, you kind of have to contextualize this. No, this is not normal. Don't normalize it. Don't make yourself think that this is like how I'm always going to be. You know, you you don't have to like give in to that kind of thinking fully and just accept as your baseline because it's, yeah. it's not good for you because if you just accept that as like this is how things are always going to be then that is makes it a lot harder to work on the thing because you're like well i'm always going to feel like this what's the fucking what's the point of doing anything yeah i also yeah. think like the suicide jokes and stuff are just you know thinking about terminal illness like when i've been really depressed a lot of it is just you're in such a uncomfortable painful place that you just ultimately just want to not feel like that and that's like well there's the clear way it would be better not to feel anything than to than to feel this and if you kind of keep getting bogged down on that and not finding the uh the i get to's that audrey was was describing there the you know, the positive things in life or like what the good things were in your life before you were feeling like this. If you lose sight of this, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to motivate yourself to work your way out of it. So in addition to what you're, what you're saying, Mo, about just trying to remind yourself of that, the, the, the thing that I've been really working on recently, because like I said, I, I, you know, I still deal with waves of this stuff. I'm pretty well equipped to deal with it at this point. I've been dealing with it my entire life. And it's yeah. not as soul crushing as it used to be, but I'll have, you know, fucking a week sometimes where I just, I just feel fucking hollow and it's terrible and things just aren't feeling good. I try to find the little things that help. I kind of put those in the back of my mind as like a toolkit. You get better at recognizing the signs of a wave coming on or being in a particularly rough place. And you think, oh, okay, for me, it's, I think artistic outlets are a really, really good one, especially if you're there's something that's really getting you down, getting those feelings out through some outlet. For me, it's playing music or doing acting shit or physical stuff, just like moving my body, doing yoga, lifting weights, like can get you out of your head and into your body in a way that's better. But with all of this stuff, when you find the thing that works, 
and you do it and it helps even a little tiny bit, I take a moment at the end of it and I'm like, hey, I felt like dog shit 30 minutes ago and now I did yoga and I feel, you know, maybe it's still not great, but I feel less fucking awful than yeah. I did 30 minutes ago. Sometimes I will, it'll fully pull me out. I just take a moment to be like, commit this to memory that there's this thing I can do and that when I do it, I'll feel better. Because it, 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 at least somewhat. Because in the future, when you're feeling really down, sometimes it can be like, but I'd have to get up and turn the fucking keyboard on. Or I'd have to th like it, it can feel impossible to do these things when you're really depressed. But if you have that memory of, I know it feels like this is just going to make it suck more, but at the end, it's going to help. The more like memories of that you can accumulate, the easier it is when you feel the signs to yeah. be like, Copa mechanism. Let's fucking go. And and, and, and to be to be clear too, like this isn't a silver bullet. Like there might be times where you do the thing and it actually doesn't help. You just kind of feel the same way that you did before. Yeah. But that is so like it, it's not realistic to expect that every single time it's going to make you feel amazing. But it might make you feel just a little bit better. I was very interested in one thing that you specifically said uh, here, reader, uh, caller, listener. Uh, which is, um, I'm a guy approaching 30 and I just have so little in my life going on. And what yeah. I will say to that is you have the power and the control to change that. It might not feel that way right now. And I understand that, but you absolutely positively do have the ability to change that. And you are the only one who can change that. There's not going to be somebody else who's going to magically walk up to you and make it happen for you. And I, pr and I, I believe that you can, and I, I believe that you will. I do. Uh, and that sounds maybe goofy because I don't fucking know you from Adam. I'm just reading a letter, but I think it's true. Um, and, and, you know, find what your things are that would make you feel like you're moving forward. You know, given that you're depressed, I'm assuming you're in, uh, in uh, Ohio. Um, so what you, what you might want to do is go to say, uh, May Hall's bowling alley in Lakewood, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland, God. just head down to, uh, one, three, two, zero, zero Madison Avenue in Lakewood, Ohio. Uh, why is this the, why do you have addresses? The bowling because i look up on google maps but also no joke bowling is the thing that i do when i'm when i'm getting so up in my own head right i know oh, that yeah. and it works so like it might not actually be that for you at all but i i that there is a reason that i keep using it as an example yeah i am i'm not a bowler i'm not much of like a ball sports guy despite being gay haha ha, <laughs> But, like, for me, the thing that, like, helps me maintain my sanity is, like, going outside and touching grass, figuratively speaking, right? Like, Or literally outside, sometimes. Or literally sometimes, yeah. Um, if you can be outside and, like, get sunlight, which, again, it gets exceedingly harder this time of year. But if you can go outside and, like, walk around, stretch your legs, observe the environment around you, whether that's in the city, whether that's in the suburbs, whether that's in the country going out stretching your legs and like trying to sort of have your eyes open and observe observe the world around you and sort of take that all in can give you a little bit of that perspective and a little bit of that grounding feeling of like no the world keeps the world keeps moving on so can i i'm not like inev inevitably stuck in this like stasis 
I can go outside, I can see the world. Like there is a larger world that exists outside of me and there's a lot to see here. So big reco for that. No headphones. Oh yeah. Mm. Uh, Go out and just really experience the world that you're in without any interface, you know? Yeah. Um, I saw a black squirrel earlier. That was pretty rocking. You might just see like a cute bird or something going on. Yeah. Go look or a cute, or a cute babe. You never know. Yes, yeah, yeah. might someone. Never know. You might see a stacked hottie. You might see a <laughs> packed <bombshell> and stacked. <laughs> you might have a little meat cute. You might try to pick up. Maybe maybe a copy of the New York Times will fall down on the ground, and you'll both pick it up at the same time. Who can say? Hands touch. Oh 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 oh! And you're just busting suddenly. <laughs> And luckily, you got a big piece of shit paper right there. That's right. To bust all over. <laughs> the getting outside one is huge, though. The depression for me, I tend to just all get stuck inside for like a really long time. And you just, you can really, it feels like that's the entire world just, and it can feel like, oh, God, it's going to be awful to get out. Just fight fucking through that. Go walk around a little bit. And it's not going to fix everything at once, but it's one of those things you just kind of, Keep doing. Identify the things that help. Keep keep practicing them. Um, definitely try to be more candid with your therapist. I don't remember if we mentioned yeah. this. Lay like yeah, I think you said, Josh. Lay, lay out like exactly what you did here. Uh, for- because also, if I'm a trained therapist, there's nothing here that is making me be like, "Uh oh, I need to like call the hospital on this person." Like it, right. it's it's yeah. But this person it- is clearly depressed. Yeah. If you've told this to your therapist and they said you're not depressed, I would probably consider finding get a new therapist. therapist. Yeah. Like if you said this to them verbatim, yeah. Oh, that's how I feel. It's actually fine. <laughs> it's good to me, actually. <laughs> just like you a therapist this, who thinks just a therapist who thinks everybody should be like a little bit depressed all the time. <laughs> just a really good therapist. It builds character. It's actually yeah. it's actually really good for you. <laughs> Thank you for writing this in, though, and hang in there. Also, like, reach out to people in your life and just do fucking do some shit. I was so depressed at the beginning of the year, and, like, trying to get into a bunch of new stuff has been really fulfilling and has boosted me in a really tangible way at this point. And initially, it kind of felt like nothing, but, like, you can find those things. I was in a very similar place to this, you know, at the beginning of the year and even uh, separately a couple of years ago. So just... There's light at the end of the tunnel. You got this. You took the time to write this in, and that's that's fucking big. You're 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 trying to fight this thing. So don't give in to the the goddamn depression goblins. They're full of shit. Don't listen to any of that. And uh anybody in your life also that you can like lean on, just try to keep people around. Try not to spend too much time alone with this. Yeah. I think we've given you a lot to a lot to work with here. Right. And write us an update if if you know any of this helps, because I know fucking somebody else listening to this is going through this stuff, and all of us have been through this at various points, even recently and probably again in the future, but you, you figure out how to handle it better. It's not, it's not forever. Good luck out there. Go Bucks! <laughs> Fuck you, go blue. <laughs>
And we already we already won the game, so like I mean I don't know what there's. It's to... not enough. It's not enough for me. I need to also take over this podcast. You won the football game, but can you win the B side rugby game? Damn, yet to I I don't. I mean I couldn't <laughs> personally. Me, no, absolutely not. We're getting the team back together. There's a dude who had like four concussions. This show was crazy. <laughs> I luckily didn't get any somehow. All right. Well, uh, we got to thank Mo for joining us. And we also hey, got to thank Josh for guest hosting. There's a multiple directions of claps here. Uh, Mo, let's start with you. What do you, uh, where can people find you? What do you got? So you can find me two places if you want my shit posting. It's on Blue Sky. That's at Bong Jineer, B-O-N-G-I-N-E-R dot cloud on Blue Sky. Um, if you want my photography, that's at Wolverine Photos on Instagram, Wolverine.photos. That's also my website, so you can see my portfolio there. Wolverine, um, you say? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> Almost as if it's a reference to the... Huh. College in Ann Arbor. <laughs> but yeah, that's where you can find me online. I'm currently working on a queer portrait photography series in Chicago. So if you live in Chicago and you would like to be part of the series, hit me up on Instagram. And yeah, that's where you can find me online. You can see pictures of me. It was fun as fuck chewing with you. So if you are in Chicago, you should take Mo up on that. You were, you were great. Although, thank you. It was a nice sunny day when we were doing it, and now it is take damage as soon as you walk outside but that's an aesthetic too there's there's stuff to it. all right well thank you again josh guest co-host what do you what do you got to plug where can the hey, people find you? hey that's me it's been a delight guest hosting with you this evening uh yeah you can find me uh i'm probably gonna fucking deactivate my twitter account sooner than later um uh, just take take just search for the worst of all possible worlds on anywhere uh our website is worst possible dot world uh, and you will also be able to pretty easily find our other social media. Uh, and I go by Bosch J on most platforms as well. So yeehaw. Yeehaw. Uh, well, thank you both. And thank you to listeners. And thank you to patrons, especially. You heard Brutus Buckeye Dono. Or no, Dono Buckeye. I should have been like Donus Buckeye. Donus. Donis Buckeye. Donis Buckeye. You heard them earlier telling you all about the Patreon bonus episode. Each week, $5 a month, access stuff in the backlog. We got a cool Discord community. Uh, we'll mail you a sticker, all this great stuff. But for $10 a month, you get all of that, and we shout your name out in lights. You do? At the end of each main episode. What an extraordinary deal. And normally, this is where I would say, Audrey, who are we starting with first? But because... Audrey has been Nobody wants me to shout them out right now. <laughs> <laughs> We're shouting out. I, I, I will I will speed run these as soon as I can sort and filter them correctly. And I'm allowed to take time to do that this time because it's an unprecedented time. It is an unprecedented time. Mm -hmm. All right, rapid fire. We're shouting out Anemone, Anthony Limberg, our beloved day one Barb. Brian Alflord is good, actually. My dad. We're shouting out Dylan, Gigi, Inflatable Dream, K friggin' Money. Laser McGraw has returned to the WWE to wrestle Rick Boogs. <laughs> Mall Criada. 
MC Proletariat, Mickey Fly Kick, Pablo Hummus, Na 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 Rico Suave, Riley from episode 60 trillion and 54, Rich Homie Click Clack, Audrey's mouthing 6,054. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, I'm hearing a correction here. It was 105 million. 105 million. We're shouting out Spreadable Fruit, Super Deformed, Synth Mage, The Worst of All Possible Worlds Podcast, hey. Tufted Titmouse, Wendy, and last but not least, Ren. I forgot to do the Everyone Knows It's Wendy. It's the Breaking Bad thing. Thank you. Everyone knows it's Wendy. Thank you. A baritone version for this unprecedented. (laughs) Thank you all for your support. You truly are the The wind wind beneath our (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We appreciate you all listening, though. And if you ain't got the means to support us financially, give us five stars places that helps us out, too. Tell a friend. Write a review. Uh... Yeah, that's pretty much all the things. Thank you for listening. And I, wait, do you want to get up on this microphone and do your thing, Audrey, or should I do it this week? I was just going to moi. Okay. So, and Audrey's going to get right up on this microphone and say, we love you. Thanks. Bye. Mwah. <laughs> Fuck Brutus Buckeye. Go no. blue. No. <laughs> <laughs>